0: The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so last time on the podcast... The pesky kids returned home with Dad and Ingrid, only to find Joe's computer on fire up in his bedroom. And there was a dramatic scene where Ingrid threw it out of the window and this flaming computer flew through the air and landed on the lawn. It was pretty cool. Okay, so this time we're going to pick it up with chapter two, In Town. Here we go. Early the next morning, Joe, Finn, April and Pumpkin walked into town. Joe had the money safely tucked in his pocket. You can get a cheap computer for $300, then we can spend the rest of it on something really cool, urged April. Like what? asked Finn. The Karawang shops have a pretty limited range. In fact, the only place in Karawang where you could buy a computer was the post office. Their range consisted of two models, a cheap laptop and a slightly less cheap laptop. We could get a drone, said April, and attach a laser to it. What would we do with a laser-wielding drone, asked Finn. Duh, said April scathingly. Program it to shoot intruders, of course. This isn't Star Wars, said Finn. Lasers don't really shoot blasts. I know they can cut into people doctors use lasers in eye surgery, said April. So you want to perform eye surgery on intruders, said Finn. That's a good idea, said April. It would give them a nasty shock, wouldn't it? Having a microscopic hole burned into their cornea make them think twice about bugging us. Pumpkin ran on ahead into the town gardens to bite the blooms off a daffodil. The people of Currawan were very proud of the gardens. They were the location of many of the town's eccentric festivals. You should put Pumpkin on his lead, said Joe, as they entered through the gate of the picket fence. I can't, said April. Didn't bring it. What? asked Joe. Your dog is a deranged psycho, said Finn. You can't take him down the main street of town off the leash. He'll be fine, said April. These are country people. They're used to animals. They're used to shooting them or sending them to slaughter at an abattoir, said Finn. Pumpkin only attacks people when they're threatening to me, said April. Or when you order him to," said Finn. April smoked. Yes, that too. Pumpkin trotted over to pee on the statue in the centre of the gardens. Can you at least get him to stop peeing on public monuments, pleaded Finn. It's an ugly statue, said April. He's improving it. To be fair, April was right. It was an unusually ugly statue. It's hard to tell exactly what it was. It looked like some sort of monster had emerged from a lagoon and was raising a big club to savagely beat its victim. Finn peered at the sculpture. Is it me or is the lagoon monster wearing lipstick, he asked. The monster's lips did look surprisingly red. "'It's probably the blood of its victims,' said April. "'That's just the sort of thing this town would want to commemorate with a public sculpture.' They passed through the gardens, turned into Main Street, and were surprised to discover it was busy. Normally, on a Sunday morning, the town was slow to wake up, but this morning there were dozens of residents about.' They were putting up giant yellow flower decorations, moving huge flower pots, and decorating the windows of shops. Even the normally miserable Good Times Cafe had gone to some trouble. They'd sticky taped a hand drawn picture of a flower to their window. What's going on? asked April. Check it out, said Finn, pointing to Constable Pike on a stepladder halfway down the street. On the opposite side of the road, Mayor Albright was standing on the awning of a shop. They both started pulling on ropes at the same time, and a huge banner was hoisted up off the bitumen of the road until it was drawn across the street. It read, Welcome to Daffodil Day. Not another stupid festival, said April. Well, at least this one doesn't involve insects, said Finn. The town's previous festival had been the annual cockroach races. For more information, see The Pesky Kids, The Mystery of the Squashed Cockroach. Suddenly, Pumpkin barked. Roof! "'What is it, sweetheart?' asked April. She scanned the busy street. There were strange people, unusual decorations, power tools being used, any number of things that could have caught her dog's attention. (laughs) Pumpkin barked again, and then he took off. Now, Pumpkin was a small dog, but when he hit top speed, he really moved. His ears flopped up and down, his long hair billowed back in the wind, and his tongue lolled out the side of his mouth. He looked adorable as he shot like a rocket down the footpath.' But the pesky kids were well aware Pumpkin was not adorable. The little dog had spotted a cat in a cat stroller right outside the post office. The cat yowled and hissed as Pumpkin descended at full speed. But Pumpkin could not be intimidated by a rugby full forward, so he was not going to be intimidated by a four-kilo cat. He started barking aggressively as he raced the last few metres. Thankfully, cats are generally a sensible species. The cat gave up any attempt to hold its ground, leapt out of the stroller and fled, pumpkin close on its heels. Pumpkin, let the kitty cat go, called April. She was running after the two animals. You've just had breakfast. You haven't got room for another meal. The cat apparently decided it wasn't going to outrun the crazed beast, so it took evasive action by running up the nearest telegraph pole. Pumpkin skidded to a halt at the base, barking loudly and pouring at the aged timber. April pulled her jumper off over her head and tied the sleeve cuff to Pumpkin's collar as a makeshift leash. "'Come away from there,' said April. "'We haven't got time to play now. "'We've got to go to the post office.' "'No, you don't,' snapped Constable Pike, jogging over. "'You stay right where you are.' Joe and Finn had caught up at this point too. "'Sorry, stammered Joe. "'We'll take the d- dog straight home.' Princess Anastasia, wailed a buxom, well-dressed older woman emerging from the post office and seeing her empty cat stroller. My baby, where are you? Joe pointed to the top of the telegraph pole. The cat hissed. No, cried the woman. What happened? She looked about for some sort of explanation. Her eyes settled on Pumpkin. She gasped. You wicked dog. April pulled Pumpkin close. My dog is not wicked. He just has the normal canine instinct to want to kill and eat cats, which, given how terrible cats are for native wildlife, seems entirely justifiable to me. How dare you, wailed the woman. Your dog attacked my princess. Who pushes a cat around in a stroller anyway, asked April. Princess Anastasia likes fresh air, said the woman. "'She told you that, did she?' asked April sarcastically. "'Or was it just the voice in your head?' The woman then raised her handbag and belted April hard about the head. April put up her hands and deflected the blow, but Pumpkin leapt to his mistress's defence and sank his teeth into the lady's shin. (gasps) "'Ah!' cried the woman, collapsing on the ground. "'Mad dog! I've been bitten by a mad dog!' "'I was assaulted by this mad old lady first, cried April. "'I saw everything,' said Constable Pike. "'So did I,' declared Mayor Albright as she joined the crowd of onlookers. She stood out because she was the only person in town, or indeed any town within a 500-kilometre radius, who would wear a lilac suit. "'Your dog is the troublemaker here. This town has strict bylaws with regard to pet ownership.' Joe groaned. "'We really should read the town's bylaws,' said Finn. "'If we knew what they were, it might be easier not to break them.' "'And, Mrs Bellamy,' Constable Pike turned to the old lady who owned the cat, "'I know that you're a pillar of society, "'that no one in Currawong can bake a honey cake as delicious as you, "'and I know you are provoked, "'but you really shouldn't hit children with your handbag.' "'It's tradition in Currawong,' said Mrs Bellamy. "'Agnes Dalrymple started it.' "'Mrs Dalrymple hit an adult with an umbrella 50 years ago,' said Constable Pike. "'These days, if you're called up before the magistrate in Bilgong,' They're not going to care about local traditions. Hitting kids just looks bad, no matter how annoying they are. Constable, surely you should be addressing the more serious issue of rescue in that poor cat, said Mayor Albright. Daffodil Day is coming up. Tourists will be flooding in from around the world. We can't have a dead cat dangling from a telegraph pole on Main Street. Wailed Mrs Bellamy, collapsing in Constable Pike's arms. And now Mrs Bellamy has collapsed, Mayor Albright turned on the pesky kids. Do you realise what you've done? Who's going to make honey cake for all the tourists now? People shouldn't eat so much cake, said April. It'll give them diabetes. It's all right, said Constable Pike. We'll get Princess Anastasia down from the pole. You do realise that when you repeat that stupid name, you lose all appearance of dignity, said Finn. April snorted. Ha! <laughs> Constable Pike didn't have much to start with. Constable Pike pulled out his phone and dialed. He waited a few moments, then the other person picked up. "Hello, sorry to disturb you. Yes, I'm sorry. I know I'm just, yeah, I'm sure you do have a lot to muck out with your shovel, but we've got a situation on Main Street, cat up of Telegraph Pole." "Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, thank you." He hung up. "Is she coming?" asked Mrs. Bellamy, clutching her pearls anxiously. Constable Pike nodded. As soon as she changes out of her welly, she'll be on her way. Who asked, Joe? The cat lady, said Constable Pike. And we'll leave it there. Until next time, goodbye.